In this episode, we discuss Conan the Barbarian, because Krom demanded it. Flophouse. I'm Dan McCoy. I'm Stuart Wellington. And my name is Elliot Kalin, and that's who I am. Yep. Back from the... Uh... Abyss. Guys, I'm really hungover today, so can you take it easy? You know, We'll do our best. You guys do, like, most, you guys do most of the talking. We didn't do anything yet. It seems like very preemptive to... <laughs> I'm just letting you know. Uh, take it easy on me. No jokes mm-hmm. at my expense, and but make most of the jokes, and I'll just hang out. What about jokes mm-hmm. at the expense of the hat you're wearing right now? No, you can you, you can make. Wait, no, that's still against me though. No, no, is the hat hungover? No, 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 just me. Then I think I'm jokes. wearing a hat because it keeps my brains in my head instead of leaking out my ears. A guy I read a story about a guy who had to do that because uh, he was attacked by a bear. Wait, what? He was attacked by a bear, and he had to hold his hat really tight on his head to keep his brains from falling out. He survived though. Uh, wh- it was a bear what? with a, it was a bear with one of those skull saws. <laughs> yeah, the bear was tree panning him <laughs> yeah. okay. to open up his third eye, and it went a little sure. out of control. And the bear ran away because he didn't. He had a record, and he yeah. didn't want to get picked up. The one bear more time. subscribes to some really out there uh, new age. Uh... Yeah, the Fortean times, and yeah. uh, did it work though? Or uh, no. Okay. His so... third eye remained closed. In fact, it was more closed, and that's why he founded the band Third Eye Blind. Hmm. Oh, okay. Interesting they anecdote. Some, they had some hits. Mm-hmm. So that was a bit of nonsense to start. That was VH one storytellers. <laughs> and now no, on wait, with storytellers is where they tell their own story, right? I thought That was my story. <laughs> Take off mask, reveal I'm the guy from Third Eye Blind, don't know his name, so let's just call him James Smogan. <laughs> let's call him Blindy. <laughs> Blindy McThird Eye. <laughs> so... I mean that band I mean, that that name is like a prophecy. Yeah. Like the movie The Prophecy. Or the other movie The Prophecy. Prophecy 2. Or Prophecy. Yeah. Uh, a movie. Yeah, so we talk we about saw. movies. So what are we, we doing one. today, Dan? You're well, the host, host it. In general, what we do at this show is we watch a, a movie, perhaps a bad movie, and then we discuss it. I mean, usually it's bad, though. It's either I mean, that's poor the... financially or... Well, look, it's a flop. Stuart, we don't prejudge, oh, okay. but we assume... That the things that we see Thanks for are probably well, me and the disappointment today was we were going to watch one that we thought we might enjoy, and and spoiler alert, spoiler uh, alert, didn't live up to our expectations. No, okay. uh, we watched a movie called Conan. Can't stop the Barbarian. Oh, yeah, Conan the Barbarian. Conan the Barbarian. Two th- I wish it was called Conan the Barbarian 2011, and it was like basically Beastmaster two, and he just was in our modern day times. Yeah, like in uh, the the Masters of the Universe movie. Yeah. Well, the weird thing about the Masters of the Universe movie is that it was a fourth world New Gods script that basically just got turned into a Masters of the Universe movie. So is that weird or just a fun fact? Well, it's expl- and- if you watch Masters of the Universe now, and if you're familiar with Jack Kirby's New Gods comics that he came that DC did, you'll notice that the characters make much more sense as those characters. That He-Man is Orion, Skeletor is Darkseid. That's why laser beams come out of Skeletor's eyes, that kind of stuff. And where does Courtney Cox fit into all this? She was picked out of a crowd by Bruce Springsteen to dance with him on a stage. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) And uh, we have him to thank for her career. Yep, that's for sure. 
So, but Conan, you were a uh, Stuart. I was I was pretty you're excited. You're a big Conaniac. You're yeah. you're a conehead. <laughs> that's that's what they call fans <laughs> of Conan. Uh, no, I you know I've uh, I'm a I'm a big fan of Conan the movie Conan the Barbarian and uh, 2011. And I'm <laughs> <laughs> let's not get ahead of ourselves. I'm going to come to that. You know, oh, my the John uh, the John Milius is that how you say John Milius, yep. Arnold Schwarzenegger, Jimmy Earl Jones, and uh, Dino De Laurentiis. Yeah, um, as Schlockmaster Extraordinaire. Well, he also made a number of good movies. No, it's true. I mean, oh, he, he produced La Strada for crying out loud, and but. he uh, and and also the 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 the, the Robert Howard stories, the uh, the original basis, yeah, yeah, of the character. I like all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So I went into this movie with no expectations or personal <laughs> feelings on the matter. It wasn't like you had a deep uh, investment already in your preconceived notions of the character. Yeah. It's not like I saw the trailers for this movie and complained loudly to everyone within listening distance or if I was on the subway platform looking at a poster that somebody had scribbled boobs on. All right. <laughs> and I would complain to them that it didn't look right. So before we get into your deep personal attachment, uh, Elliot, maybe you could uh, quickly sum up this movie. I bet you could do it in about 30 seconds. Much quicker than we in the last couple ones. So... We open in ancient Hyboria, where Morgan Freeman, surprisingly, I don't know how they landed him, like that's probably a third of the budget, narrates that this is a long time ago. He has about 30 seconds worth of work in the whole yeah, film. Yeah, basically. So a long time ago in a world far, far away, uh, there was, it's a lot of warring tribes, there was a magic mask that this guy used to rule the world, all the tribes ganged up to stop him, and the mask was shattered, and everyone was given a piece of the mask. It's basically the same story as the beginning of Fellowship of the Ring, right? Yeah. Um, and so there's an evil warlord who's going around looking for the pieces of the mask. We end up in Cimmeria, the northern wastes, where uh, there's a barbarian group of people. Ron Perlman seems to be their leader slash wise man, and his son is Conan, who at first you think is going to be kind of like a clumsy boob, but then you see he like single-handedly kills three opposing tribesmen while keeping an egg in his mouth. Yeah, he to- and like, and they're grown men. Yeah, like grown animal men, and he just totally destroys them. And uh, so he's a badass from childhood. And as you said, apparently the proof of who's a badass in this universe is the same as like a home ec class in high school. Oh yeah, that they can keep an egg around for a day and not break it. Yeah, they're ready for chi- for parenthood now, and smashing open the heads of guys who look like last of the Mohicans guys. Yep. So those are Mohegans. Yeah, oh, way. okay, Mohegans. Mohegans like Mohegan Sun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Mohegan he values there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the bad guy and his army come in and kill everybody in the village. They torture Ron Perlman, the dad, and take the piece of the mask. And in a they, really long mumbly scene. Everyone mumbles in this movie. It's like a mumblecore sword and sorcery. Epic. Or they have crazy accents. Yeah, or they have crazy accents, or their teeth are full of sharp pieces of metal so you can't really hear him talk very well or one guy has his nose cut off so you can't he has a weird voice and, and it's who, a real shame because the dialogue the sparkling dialogue is really the delight of this film well tom stoppard was brought in to do an uncredited rewrite <laughs> oh really yeah so that's why there was all that stuff about relativity and uh, fractal science hmm. and uh english poetry of the late 19th century wow the more you know sorkin-esque Stuart. <laughs> yep. Yeah, Sorkin esque. A lot of exactly. walking talks in this uh, movie. Yeah, yeah middle brow. Everybody on their A game. <laughs> so Conan's whole tribe is destroyed, but he escapes. Uh, for some reason, they for, just let him live. They let him live, I think, out of respect for his feistiness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
He vows revenge. We cut to, I don't know, 10, 15, 20 years later. He's a grown man played by Cal Drogo. Yeah. Yeah. With super pecs and not a very good actor. (laughs) And he and his black friends uh, free slaves who are topless women Mm -hmm. and ride around on a party boat. Uh, Conan then hears word that this evil warlord with an enormous army who is going around destroying every kingdom in the world, uh, Conan has no idea who he is. Never heard of him. But he hears of his name and goes on a quest for revenge. Along the way, he picks up a lady monk played by, what's her name? Rachel Nichols. Rachel Nichols. Rachel Nichols of G.I. Joe, The Rise of Cobra, who uh, is is the last in a line of descendants going back to some crazy magic priesthood. And the villain needs the full mask and her pure blood to bring back his witch wife, who will then give him the power to control the world. And so Conan and them run around a lot. His, uh, the bad guy's daughter is Rose McGowan, who's kind of an evil witch with no hair on her forehead and sharp nail talons. Or eyebrows. Or eyebrows and talons like the Lady Deathstrike or Freddy. And um, they just kind of fight and run around and fight each other. And in the end, uh, they fight. And then Conan uh, wins. He puts on the magical mask that does literally nothing and then dies. The bad guy puts on the magical mask fights Conan for a while, he starts calling the spirit of his dead witch wife into the body of Rachel Nichols, and then brags to Conan for a long time, and then Conan knocks him off a bridge. Yep, he brags to him just long enough for Conan to knock him off a bridge. And the whole fortress falls apart, and they leave. Also, along the way, Conan and Rachel Nichols totally do it, mm-hmm. and... Uh, or Rachel Nichols' body double. Rachel Nichols' body double, uh, because according to Wikipedia, she will not do nudity in movies. Um... Who found out that fun fact? I looked it up because Dan was like, "Surely she doesn't have a no nudity clause. Why doesn't she just get naked?" Well, in I mean, she's known she's known to be such a fine thespian who uh, would never do something like pose in, say, a men's magazine mm-hmm. or uh, basically rely a, a, on a lad mag. Is what yeah, you're saying. rely on a uh, a cleavage bearing top in all of her roles <laughs> in every movie she's ever made. So uh, you know, I, I just uh, in this movie it seemed. I will mention that there was a, a battle between Conan and an army of sand men who do a lot of flips and stuff. Sand people, if you will. And mm. they're not sand people. Those are Tuscan yeah. Raiders. They ride single file to hide their numbers. On uh, Banthas. <laughs> On Banthas. But they are scared away by the call of the, uh, what, Cray Dragon? What, are they, what is it called? Yeah, something like that. Uh, and there's also a part with a tentacle monster uh-huh. who decides to basically ignore Conan and kill all of Conan's enemies. Yeah. The well, they're, all, so- they're, all, they're old buddies. From back in the day. <laughs> Him and the tentacle monster? Yeah. yeah. Him and the, Tenty? The, the ba- that was the bad, the bad guy guy's summons, first mistake. The bad guy summons a tentacle monster, I'm guessing because he's been bored sitting down in the dungeon by himself all day. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, yeah, most of the action, most of the scene is shots of either the tentacles killing bad guys or just shots of the one bad guy Reacting. smiling and like <laughs> laughing. You don't really know that Conan's there for a while. There's a bunch of hench monsters, like, like kind of grotesque guys who... In the, you see them all in the beginning in the village, and Conan kind of swears revenge on each of them, but like most of them don't even get names, and you barely see them. Yeah. Like they should be kind of the bosses yeah. to each level, but they just kind of come and go as well, they there please. Well, there was Noseless, and there was Toothy. Noseless, Toothy. And, uh, Toothy was Remo. He was the only one, I think, who got a name and a, and a personality. There was uh, Big Black Guy and Big Monster Man yeah. and uh, Rose McGowan. Lady Deathstrike. Yeah. I think that's it. Yeah. And then, and then the, the head bad guy whose name eludes me. Lord 
I'm not sure I'm yeah, mumbly mouth. <laughs> uh, so Stuart, yes, let's get back to you, okay? Because you clearly have a real personal connection with the material. You okay. are part Sumerian, is that yes. right? Uh, I I really don't like talking about my background. I mean, I know here. you. I know you're you can't hinder yourself. You don't culture. You're not religious. You don't practice like uh, worship in Krom, yeah, yeah. but you do ethnically and yeah, culturally well, yeah, I identify. Mean, uh, I don't necessarily believe all the spiritual mumbo jumbo, but I do. You know, I kind of like the uh, the the rituals of it all. Oh, I will mention this movie started on a really high note. There's a battle going on, and Conan's mother is pregnant, and she's stabbed in the belly with a sword. And so Conan's father, he's like, "Oh no, what am I gonna do?" And she goes, "I want to see my son before I die." So he basically gives her a cesarean section on the battlefield. And she names him Conan and then dies. And then I guess in the middle of a battle, Ron Perlman just holds his baby up. But uh, it's because Conan is battle-born. He's born on the battlefield. Mm-hmm. Should have been called a Conanian uh, section, right? No. no. They could still say C-section, no. yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, it happened pre-Caesar, right? Uh, I mean, tech- there are a lot of places where there's just kind of pillars and togas. So I don't know if it was <laughs> before or after Caesar. This could be a post-apocalyptic. And a lot of styrofoam boulders. This could be. It would be a very different movie, but the same movie if it just opened with the with like a computer readout that said like Earth, twenty two forty five A.D. <laughs> yeah. After the after the disaster, you know, or something like that. You could still do Morgan Freeman do the narration. Yeah. After the like, nuclear blast, be, be space Earth not, became a wasteland. Not a Morgan Freeman. Aliens <laughs> and monsters. <laughs> Roamed the Earth. Morgan Freeman has a Scottish accent. (laughs) One man had to take the wasteland and tame it. (laughs) Who's the man now, Conan? Dog. You really tipped your hand there. (laughs) I found the cure for Conan, but I lost it. (laughs) It's kind of like you lose your keys. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) like you you lose your keys. Oh, Sean Connery. Highlander 2, The Quickening. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he just advertises other movies yeah. in the middle of. He was his in movie. that <laughs> in the middle. Of, I mean, yeah. Welcome to Entrapment. If you want to see but... another movie with me, why not go watch League of Extraordinary Gentlemen? <laughs> if you want to see me in a flop, see me in a real flop. Um, so. Zardoz. <laughs> gonna run around in a diaper for the whole movie <laughs> i got a mustache and a red diaper and a gun what more do you need and boots that go up to my knees it's a floating stone head in that film for, for god's sake for god's sakes what more do you need to see it there's a whole sequence where i just sit there in a cave with my wife and we turn into skeletons <laughs> what do i have to tell you to get you to see this movie <laughs> I would love it if that was the trailer for Zardoz. <laughs> Just him describing it. He's like, there is some, there's some crazy shit in this film. We wear masks and rape people. <laughs> it turns out it's the Wizard of Oz in the end. If I described it, you, you, you can't even believe it. You have to see it. There's all sorts of psychic shit with these women. I don't even know what was going on. But I'm in like a cocoon or something. You gotta see this. It's amazing. When does it come out? Look it up. Oh, it is. This will blow your mind. <laughs> Who's the Zardoz now, dog? So wait, he's doing a trailer for a movie he made a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know this is for the re-release of Zardoz. <laughs> okay. Yeah. If you haven't seen it, you owe it to yourself. Yeah, for Zardoz 3D. <laughs> Zardoz 3D. You'll think that the giant stone head is just flying out of the screen at you. It's amazing. <laughs> 
This is more and more like a Sean Cosby. <laughs> Have a jello pudding pop when you see Zardoz. <laughs> We're shot on Kodak film. Okay, so none of this happened in Conan. <laughs> no, I wish it had. Just Sean Connery just wanders the wasteland advertising his old movies. So, but it takes place in a different universe or something, right? Because there's no Hyperborea. Not that I know of. England or something. Well, it's very possible that that period of time was just lost mm-hmm. to history. Lost yeah, to the mists. True. Yeah. Yeah. As I understand it, mists, uh, you know, get in the way of a lot of this. They oh, do, because yeah. you get addicted to it, and it's like, you don't even really see much. It's just these computer-generated kind of still images, but you want to click through it and find <laughs> out the answer to the puzzle. Yeah, okay. Like, yeah. mist really gets in the way. Yeah. <laughs> you now, should just get the strategy guide and just go through it point by point. It's really Save long. you some time. It is a long game. And the strategy guide looks like a like a phone book. Oh, yeah. well, it is a phone book. You can call people who have finished the game, and they can tell you what to do next. <laughs> Give you all the tricks. The tricks uh, and the tips of the Mist Pros. <laughs> I'm laughing. Mysterians, they call themselves. I'm laughing less because it's funny and more because it is stupid. Uh, but anyway, tell wow. us. Thanks that, for the judgment. That's really unnecessary. So tell this us. was a safe place. So I guess that was a bad, bad tangent, is what you're saying? <laughs> yep. Frightfully unfunny. No, good, bad tangent. Oh, okay. So Conan the Barbarian. Oh. So Stuart, what did you uh, think? Stuart, you were, yeah, I, no, but I was trying to lead you into well, a little I mean, discussion. Of, okay, he sure, was trying to force you to talk. Much like you asked at the beginning of the show, don't make me talk too much. No, but, uh, Dan was I, forcing you to talk. <laughs> well, l- l- as someone I mean, who, expressly, He was expressly ignoring your wishes. As someone who is sort of bored through half of the original movie and has never read the books. Okay. I need you to guide That's me. That's you, okay. Um, well, uh, the... He's, he's your Padawan learner. The, the things I like about the movie, obviously, the soundtrack's great. The uh, original, you're saying. The original, yeah. And, uh, I don't know, it feels kind of... It, it feels more like it's taking place in a different world. You were saying during this movie, while we were watching it, there's an exotic quality to the old movie. Yeah, I mean, there's... The, the first, what, half hour of the movie has maybe, like, four lines of dialogue. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're all Zardoz, <laughs> which is really weird. Um, <laughs> if, and, in the in the old movie, you get the feeling that the guy who made the movie, John Milius, really kind of believes the philosophy of these characters. Yeah, kind of like force and violence as a way of justice. Well, because yeah. he's a you know he is a legendary he's crazy a, person. He's a crazy gun nut. Yeah, and well, and part of like and the setting up of the the bad guys in the beginning of the original film. They do a much better job of kind of creating characters out of nothing. Like, hey, this guy's got a hammer. This guy's got a mustache and then steals the sword. This guy's James Earl Jones. What's he doing here? Um, and like, I don't know. You you get the sense of there's a kind of strangeness and weirdness to like these characters. Uh, you don't have a voiceover in the beginning saying, in the olden days of Hyperborea, then this happened. And and, and they don't, ram- this movie really rams it down your throat with a, as soon as possible that this is this revenge story where Conan's only goal is to, to get revenge for his dead father. And that's never really been the character. Like, never, obviously, he takes revenge when he can, Um but, like who wouldn't? I mean, yeah, who I mean, guys? like Come it's on. right there. It's Come like on. it's like a t-ball. But he has a lust for life in the, yeah. in the stories, and he's like he's and a for thief. winches. Yeah, so he's looking to steal winches, steal babes' hearts, yeah. like you things you turn. <laughs> yeah. A lust for winches. Yeah, he fucks winches. Is what I'm saying. How did you design this pulley system? You take the, I've got to know. 
Just take the middle screw, screw thing out of them and, you know. Whoa. You Dan just, knows just, way too much about having sex with winches. <laughs> you just fuck that winch. <laughs> you give that winch. Sorry. I'm very wait, sorry what? I took us down this road. <laughs> I didn't realize it would end in horror. Give that winch a good rogering, has to. Stuart, okay, so you were saying. Conan no, the, the character. The, the Conan character is not, uh, I, I find at least, the, the focus is not the revenge aspect. Obviously, he takes it when he can, but more he's just this like larger than life, almost like animal, like base lusts. He's a fantasy figure. Yeah, and I, I didn't really, I don't feel they really grabbed that in, in this remake. It seems like he's mainly there to, like, to boringly go after the guys who killed his dad, who had their, who had their own revenge interests at heart, and there's really no sense of revenge as like a pointless exercise. I, I don't know. There's also, I feel that if they had had a better actor in the lead, maybe he could have gotten across more of that personality of like kind of the mercenary out for himself who he's like your fantasy figure of like what you could do in a world like this where there is no law and where you have the abilities and the and the strength. And instead he just kind of felt like a, but except for like, the- like kind of a third rate, you know, Schwarzenegger. Type. Yeah. But except for the topless pirate party at the beginning of the movie. That was pretty great. There's there's really nothing in the movie as written that would even lend itself to that because it really is Because he's just so single-mindedly focused on revenge. Yeah. yeah. Like even they could have they could have made some of his motives less clear. They mm-hmm. could have made it so that you thought he was actually going to try and sell this magical monk lady back to the guy. Yeah. Uh, or at least make her feel like he was going to like actually trade her life for money. Or even try to give him like some side adventures. When you look at a movie like you know, fucking the Princess Bride has more of a sense of like characters on an epic adventure who get mixed up in different things, and maybe their motives aren't all pure. And this, you'd think Conan the Barbarian would be a lot darker and bigger in scope than the Princess Bride. You know? Well, and I think one of the things that helps with Princess Bride is that you, you get an actual sense of geography with it. Like yes, they're traveling through a specific area, and then they move to a different specific area instead of everything like. This movie, they show these different cities and they give every city a name, but they all are interchangeable and apparently, like, as you said, maybe a couple hours ride from each other. It takes no time to get anywhere. All the, It's like this ancient world where everything's either a forest, a coast, or a desert, and they are all, they're all within, like, three hours of each other. Yeah. You know, there's the, and you have these enormous... Unlike, unlike Star Wars, where every planet is either a forest... <laughs> A desert or an ice planet, but that, but like they're totally different worlds that different scenes take place on, and you have a made-up bullshit science fiction reason why you can travel quickly between them. Right. Yeah. And you don't know, maybe the other side of Endor looked totally different. I just think it's funny that they like, only showed a tiny bit of Hoth. I just think that's the funny thing about Star Wars. It's just like every planet has one kind of ecosystem. But when it you seems th- like. but like in our in our solar system, like Earth is unique in that it has multiple ecosystems. Yeah, like the surface of Mars is pretty much the same all same all over. Yeah, yeah it looks like Tatooine. Yeah, exactly. All and right. the surface of ne- of Neptune, for instance, or the moons of uh, Jupiter are just like Hoth. In a so, way, Star Wars is very accurate. Yeah, there are tauntons. <laughs> it's crawling and with wampas. Mars is full of Jawas <laughs> and Ponda Babas. <laughs> <laughs> Not to mention your Dr. Evazons. And, and, and your Sarlaccs. And don't forget the, the Dark Helmets with his Schwartz abilities. <laughs> no, that's a different thing. <laughs> Wait, what? No, you're thinking of something else. Okay, well, we'll, we'll talk about You got later. your barfs. And, <laughs> <laughs> and your the pizza's the hut. <laughs> pizza's the hut. Okay, thanks Thanks for clarifying <laughs> yeah. the fucking plural of pizza the hut. <laughs> you got your yogurts. <laughs> 
and your Druish princesses. <laughs> And you're whatever that robot that Joan Rivers is the voice of is called. I'm glad that just saying things that exist in a movie makes us laugh. Well, in that movie of Spaceballs, you remember all the great jokes that are in Spaceballs and how much they make you laugh. But, uh, yeah, the geography of this world just feels very haphazard and and not real. There's no sense of, of... like that they really traveled on this quest because they just kind of walk around and and if you're gonna make all the effort to name like not only name the cities but like put it up on the screen we have no idea where these places are they make yeah. no effort to actually give you a sense of the geography of it and they're all r- running through Roman columns or forests or desert yeah you want you want it to be like a fantasy book where you can flip back to the front where they got the little to map. check out yeah. the fucking sweet map exactly <laughs> with like a little cartoon mermaid drawn in the corner. Yeah. Where are they going now? Oh, I get it. They got to they got to go through this uh, those tree symbols I guess to get to those go, mountain symbols. They've got to go through that, the weeping forest to get to the mountains of foreboding. This says this map isn't a scale. <laughs> uh, I don't know who to trust anymore. <laughs> I guess what I'm saying is they didn't put very much level of. Uh, of nuance or anything into the script or movie. Yeah, well, everything just kind of rambled along until they needed something to happen. It did kind of feel like a Conan the Barbarian movie made by people who weren't that familiar with Conan the Barbarian, and were just like, yeah, we kind of get it. Like, he's a long-haired guy with a sword, and then he fights some other guys, and they're wearing, like, outfits from Waterworld. Somebody somebody stole his dad's sword, he wants that thing back, and he wants to kill him with it. That's he weird. probably has like a magic ring that he can use to make giant green fists or something. I don't know. Yeah, and it's weird to some Got degree because a dead, dying skinless guy. <laughs> <laughs> if you look at like the Wikipedia page, they talk about how this went through years. like seven years of development, and they like were really determined like they're going to make an R-rated Conan movie. Like it was so certainly R-rated. There's blood like... all over. No, and that's one yeah. of the things I I did like about it is they did make an effort to make it to not. You know, like make it less brutal. Like that, that, that was not part of the, the thing. Like we it got was a, we, indeed brutal. We got a Friday the, or not Friday the Thirteenth. Sorry, PG the PG the Thirteenth. This up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, but it seems like in all that time developing it, they could have figured out like, okay, what is this Conan thing? Well, it also well, it Conan also Conan needs more topless slave women, not just in the beginning, That's... not just in one scene. Yeah, you don't want to get out. you don't want to get your guys all worked up and then not give them more slave. They could have thrown those in later on. Mm-hmm. Well, it sounds like from the Wikipedia entry, it makes Sprinkle it sound like them around. they were working on a script at one studio for a long time, and then the rights moved to a different studio, and at a certain point, they just threw out the old version and yeah. just wrote whatever. And maybe they kept like one element or two elements. Like, we need a one. Conan movie right now. <laughs> it's time to do a Conan for the 21st century. America is hungering for another Conan movie. So, and there's a lot of stupid bullshit, like making up this magical <laughs> skull mask that the bad guy's trying to get, and he gets it, and then he puts the virgin blood on there or whatever. It's, I mean, it's not virgin It's blood. not virgin blood, because we saw her totally, totally, gets totally bang in with Conan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He totally put his sword in her forge. Yeah. <laughs> as the, as, was it, was as it the they fire or the ice that made his, <laughs> uh, tempered his steel? Both. <laughs> Holy shit. We learned in the beginning that the, the magic of, the mystery of steel is that it takes both fire and ice to make it strong. This is never brought up again. Mm-hmm. What are the mysteries of Pittsburgh? 
uh, it takes both fire and ice okay. to make a hoagie. But that's, I mean, that's... <laughs> or do they call them grinders there? I don't know. That's even one of the things... It's one of the mysteries. Like one of the a great... cheesesteak, let's say. One of, the, one of the only bits of dialogue in the in the original movie in the first half hour is Zardos. Conan's dad explaining the riddle of steel to him. And, yeah. Uh, and that's, that's this awesome, like, memorable moment. And yet they just kind of, they not only change it, but they make it something stupid. They, yeah, it's very perfunctory. It's a very perfunctory movie. You do get, like, for every neat moment, like someone getting their hand cut off, or Ron Perlman having hot... sand guys flipping around. <laughs> or molten uh, metal being poured into Ron per- Perlman's beard. It's like, uh, there's a lot of just, it's like they couldn't even be bothered, you know? I mean, there was there was a scene where, like, a horseman is going through an arch... And Conan pulls up a huge big chain. And punches the horse in the face with <laughs> yeah. it. That was pretty great. That, that was, was pretty great. good. And, uh, you know, there's I'm sure there are other good parts, but I'm forgetting them I now. I like the bit where the uh, where they freed all the slaves. And, the, the and they one were topless male slave women. Was, yeah. yeah, there was topless women. The one male slave was like, you destroyed all our food. <laughs> <laughs> and Conan's, there's like, Conan's answer to that is, we'll have a party. <laughs> and they do. So what? So let's dance. Yeah. I like that version of Conan, where he just goes around <laughs> to different places and like frees people, and they have a party. That's then that feels more like the old Conan. Like he was all about. They could have given us twenty, thirty minutes of that, yeah. easy, and I would have enjoyed it. It makes you wish that they, if they had just cut out all the bad guy stomping around, speechifying about mm-hmm. how he's going to bring his dead wife back to life or something. Yeah. And then weird eyebrowless Rose McGowan being like, oh, I feel her spirit in me. She does a lot of just standing, like walking around in the background of shots, you know. It's kind of like a little sw- sway. Swanning about this as Dan was, described This was it. her jokester from The Dark Knight. Yeah. Jokester. <laughs> Jokes. This was going to be She her. was going to revolutionize the way we thought of Conan the Barbarian villains. <laughs> yeah. And then jokester. It was like that, I think the saddest moment was when you said, she looks like kind of a Rose McGowan type. And Dan looked it up on his phone and was like, oh, that is Rose McGowan. Mm-hmm. Huh. Huh. How far she's fallen from the days of, uh, what What did she do? What, Planet Terror? I guess so, Charmed? yeah. Charmed? Charmed, like Doom Generation? As far as I'm concerned, Planet Terror was the pinnacle of her career. <laughs> and it's not Charmed. that long ago. Yeah, you know what? I kind of get her mixed up with Christina Ricci, I guess, is what yeah. it comes down to. Those, uh, those the, dark-eyed brunettes with huge foreheads? Yeah, that's pretty much what it is. Very pale. I believe they're called five heads on Wikipedia. Okay. I'm not familiar with that. It means they have a one wiki- bigger than Wait. a forehead. <laughs> does, does five head have a Wikipedia page? Yeah, I'm sure it does. Yeah, the Batman villain, five head. Yeah. The man with five, five head heads. Goes west? <laughs> <laughs> five head goes west. Wait, An American the, Tale 2, you that's mean? Right, exactly. <laughs> where, the, where, the, where the streets are paved with cheese, I guess. Yeah. Pepper Jack, Adam. Well, they didn't even have <laughs> they didn't even have paved streets you in know, the old some west. Southwestern like, style. <laughs> Five head goes west. Mm-hmm. He shoots a seven shooter. Because <laughs> it's, it's one more. Everything's one more. Because it's one more, yeah. The Polaroid camera, he shoots a seven this shooter. This is just a two horse town. <laughs> this town ain't big enough for the three of us. <laughs> <laughs> it's five heads gimmick. <laughs> That everything's just one more. Yeah. It's, like, it's like a terrible, like old vaudeville gimmick. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah. This Domino's pizza better arrive within 31 minutes or less. Uh, <laughs> He'll check it on his pizza tracker. Um, TM. TM. Right. <laughs> Thanks. We don't want Domino's to sue us because <laughs> we didn't mention they have a trademark on pizza tracker. <laughs> 
Yeah. We wouldn't want them sending the Noid after us in our, yeah. in our dreams. Yeah, we're going to have to avoid that <laughs> sure. Noid. So, yeah, I was assuming the Noid was a Freddy Krueger type who invades people's dreams when they're thinking about pizza. Is that the case? <laughs> Here's uh, your pizza, bitch. <laughs> I don't know, but he's, he's got extreme attitude, that Noid. Oh, well, that's what you would think of a guy wearing sneakers over his feety pajamas. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, I'm sensing a lot of enthusiasm for Conan, so uh, I think that it's it's only right and natural that we go straight to Final Judgments. Final Judgments. Now, is this a movie? Uh... <laughs> wow. <laughs> Secret Flopcat flop, flop appearance. Uh, is this a movie that you think is a bad, bad movie? A movie okay. with no redeeming facets? Mm. A good, bad movie? You mean like I spit on your grave? Yeah. Well, maybe. It depends on what your feelings are, and I spit on your game. Pretty hard. Okay, well, what about... Uh, well, okay, a movie with no redeeming features, so, like, nothing but trouble. Yes, like that. <laughs> okay. Uh, a bad, uh, a good bad movie, a movie that you might delight in the humor found in its badness. Mm. Such as... Uh, like, your the, like you're the rooms, your trolls, too. <laughs> yeah. uh, or a movie you kind of liked. Self-explanatory, guys. I don't understand. What's a movie we might like? Do we have those? Do those exist in this world? I don't think world? we've watched one in quite some time. I guess Bratz. Gremlins 2. Gremlins 2 is not a movie we kind of like. It's a movie yeah. we love. Yeah. It's a near-perfect film. It's a movie that I own on DVD. That's not saying that much. A... The bar for... You did buy a 10-movie set that was just... High school TNA movies in the 1980s. Yeah, well, that's uh, that's just that's that's a lot of snapshot in the Dan's personal life. He <laughs> owns uh, Gremlins too. Look, that's me. Dan, don't get too personal, okay? You don't want the listeners to be able to get inside your head. Um, so, I, I'm sure Dan, that some of like our, play our listener mails coming from the county jail, <laughs> and you're nervous that one of the uh, criminals. Dan, how'd you like to play a game? Bitch. A Gremlins two game. <laughs> <laughs> See, I'm glad that we mixed up Jigsaw and, <laughs> and Freddy, Freddy Krueger. Is the, <laughs> the same basic guy. Yeah. Is the answer John Glover? Is that the answer to your question? Wait, what? He's in From Gremlins 2? Yeah. yeah, the actor John Glover, sure. Yeah. He's uh, yeah, Danny Glover's brother. Yeah. yeah. He's Clamp. No, yeah. I, I yeah, we get it. So what are we doing, Dan? Final you, judgments? Yeah, right, final thanks judgment. for the fucking Gremlins 2 trivia. <laughs> Not even trivia. Just named someone who was in it. <laughs> I thought you were doing like a like a beginning. Here's of screen, um, here's a piece. Here's oh, a, here's right, a piece of Jurassic Park trivia. Sam Neill. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is that what you're doing, Dan? What about, <laughs> yeah. That that's also Clever part girl, of my right? memoirs Clever of Invisible girl? Man uh, <laughs> trivia. <laughs> here's a piece of memoirs of Invisible Man trivia. Sam Neill also. <laughs> Hannah. <laughs> I've got some uh, balls in your court. I've got now, some Elliot. Omen three <laughs> <laughs> trivia. Sam Neill. <laughs> Zardox trivia. Sean Connery. Zardox. Yeah, Zardox. Is that the cleaning that's fluid? The, <laughs> that's where the ship with the porthole of time docks. The Zardox. The Zardox. Oh, nice. Flophouse callback. <laughs> anyway, look so. it up. Stuart, what do you time. what do you have to say about this movie? Final judgments wise, frighteningly funny, horrifyingly <laughs> no. good, bad, no, no, or no, spookifyingly no. scary. No, it's not. It's not October. I would give it. Uh, you know, I I would I'd give it a full on wormy boner probably. <laughs> Again, um, like a real rager. <laughs> I mean, how is it wormy and a rager? That's the thing. You gotta figure it out. <laughs> I, don't... I mean, it's worm riddled. It's riddled with worms. Um, <laughs> I didn't know that was what wormy meant all this time. Yeah. Uh, no, I mean, I, I guess it, it moved fairly quickly, but it, 
and it's fairly bloody, and there are there is like a weird pirate party in the beginning. Um, I mean, it it was I don't know, like it was pretty crappy, but there's a there's. Well, he's just asking your opinion. You know, it shouldn't be this difficult. <laughs> yeah, no, I I just don't want to be pinned down to your your tough categories here, Dan. No, it's fine. Does it help? Stuart? Yeah, how do you? I want to see you take. Does it, it help, Stuart, to say that I I'm hovering between uh, bad bad and I kind of liked it. Like, cause there's stuff in it that I enjoyed. I really, I actually thought that like it uh, for a Wouldn't modern that make action it good movie, bad. Then if it was well, in between but, those right. two, well, good bad I feel like is a bad movie that's silly to watch. Yeah, oh, okay. it, it's it's enjoyable because it's so bad that it's funny. And this is not that. Whereas I feel like this wavers between like things that I genuinely liked and things that I disliked. Like there's a lot of boring bullshit in the middle of this movie in particular. Oh, yeah. But it has second act drag for an action movie. Like I kind of appreciate that this is an, a modern action movie where no one does like crazy fucking Resident Evil bullshit. Like everything that happens in this movie seems like just a really muscular guy with a with a sword and what he would do fighting sand demons. Well, yeah. I mean, like who? Yeah, there's fantasy lot. elements, but the actual fighting. <clears throat> is... Metro, he never becomes like a kung fu master. Yeah, he's just a fucking barbarian. And there's yeah. uh, as at the gates, as said before, there's a bunch of topless slave girls, and uh, yeah. you know there's sand monsters and tentacle creatures. You know, like there's there's stuff to enjoy. Yeah, I mean, and I have no particular uh, and a weird mask of, that of has Conan, a little so. like a little anus that sucks up blood. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know what? I'm gonna be go with you, Dan, and say this is hovering between bad, bad, and kind of liked. And it's, to answer your question, Dan, it does make me feel better. All right, thanks. So what are you saying, Stuart? I'm saying what you guys are saying. Oh, okay. Because I don't want to... It's definitely I'm better... part of the team. This is def- was definitely more enjoyable than most of the movies we've seen lately. Yeah. And uh, But it wasn't particularly good, but like there were points in it where we were like, whoa, that was fun. Yeah. Or, yay, a tentacle monster. I hope it does stuff. Oh, it kind of doesn't. Yeah. It has a lot of potential that it doesn't live up to. Yeah. But it does have that potential. I like the giant cave that looked like a skull. Yeah, we saw that for like three seconds. All right, so before we move on to and letters... And the war elephants that, that carry a land ship. Yeah. You see them in the background for like a second. Yeah, part of the army that nobody's heard of. <laughs> that disappears and never has to be fed. Maybe it's a magic army. Yeah. Maybe it's all it the same guy. Magic. Like, all the one guy, like Army Hammer. In, all right. In that Facebook movie. Oh, uh, okay. All right, enough of that. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> You're right. Why would we bother <laughs> with ridiculous tangents on the flop house? So, before we move into letters, just a brief note. Uh, some thank you to... Uh, some thank you. What? <laughs> just a serving of thank you to... Uh, Serve six. To Andrew C. for uh, his donation to the show. Thank you. Hey, thanks. For, uh, the st- C stands for champion. Yeah. Or charity. Was that the only donation to thank for? Yes, that was the only one. Mm, all right. You don't, I don't complain about it. I, uh, you know... <laughs> People want to give, they can. I'll play the bad cop. All right. Uh, In but my new hit play, bad cop. <laughs> if, uh, but uh, guys, we got a lot of letters. Uh, okay, Let's, so well, man, read we them out. Read them out, mailbag them. man. This first one's from Jordan. Letter time. Flop house letter oh, God, time. Get the letters. Again. Get them out. You just should start read them all. Stamp them up and send them. Every, t- every day at work, letters, letters, Elliot letters. Sings songs about letters, lunch. letters, letters, letters. Oh, okay, like what time he's going to eat or just when we're eating, it's time for lunch, letters. He sings. Well, when it's time for lunch, I sing oh. like lunch time. 
time to eat lunch. And then when we get down to the lunch room, I talk out loud my interior monologue about what I'm going to eat and what I'm not going to eat. Like, oh, lasagna, I'll take some of this. Do, 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 do. Potatoes, no thanks. Not today. Da, 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 da. Just a little taste of what it's like to work with Elliot Kalen. Mm, personal life tidbit. You'll realize there are people who have worked with me for nine years and have had dealt with this the entire time. Doesn't make it better. Jordan, last name with Letters! Says, uh, this is an email titled Language, and it says, I found your show not through the Onion AV Club, because I'd never heard of it before, but rather through the Something Awful Forums comedy podcast megathread. I've listened to every episode, enjoying it immensely, and and look forward anxiously to each new show. Thank you. Though yeah. I must say, one thing has bothered me. Uh, well, well, before we get to that, we appreciate your listening. All right. Well, you may not in a second. Uh-oh. Elliot. Oh, boy. As a professional writer and general pedant, you have heard people use and used yourself the phrase, chomping at the bit. This is incorrect. What should it be? The correct phase, phrase is to champ at the bit, not chomp. Like Arthur Champion, our donor for today? Yeah. Though never fear, your forthcoming apology will be accepted and all will be forgiven. There's so many le- letters. Love the show. <laughs> so many letters that come in that I assume I'm going to apologize for something. Well, I do not apologize. I believe in the theory of popular use. All right. I, I would. Why one? Is it champing at the bit? It is so let me guess. How, what does that mean? It means the same thing as chomping at the bit. <laughs> Except nobody uses the word champ to mean chomp. That's true. Yeah, you don't tell kids to chomp down their animal crackers or whatever the fuck they eat. <laughs> You'll be a great father. <laughs> so, this is, this what do you is, fucking kids eat? Animal crackers or something? Yeah, just shove it down. This is I'm your dinner. Use, I'm, gonna use my, I'm, gonna, I'm using my, my, my gifts of precognition to guess you're a, that the You're ne- a cog? Yes. The next couple of letters are going to call out Elliot for more stuff, Stuart for more stuff, and then praise Dan's other <laughs> non flophouse related efforts again. Possibly is just general handsomeness. I don't think so. <laughs> I, oh, oh you, you got you got skills too, I guess. Right, Wait, this, uh, the author you, of the you, next letter will have their last name withheld. <laughs> Good one. Okay, everybody's getting in on it. And this is from the weirding Sil- way. This is from Sylvia, <laughs> last name withheld, and she says, uh, "List of complaints." Whoa, oh, great. whoa! You open up right with that. Was there anything that was there like, "Dear floppers"? Here's my list of complaints. No, no, no. no. Well, that's the title of the email. List of. Oh, complaints. okay. Okay, good, sir. Uh, Sylvia says... I thought that was like... It was just... List of complaints. One. No greeting? No salutation? No introduction? uh, No hesitation? She says, I'm an OF, original flopper. Nice. I've listened to every podcast every week since the very beginning. We're sorry. And let me tell you, your success stinks. Number one. What's with these new fans fresh off the AV Club turnip truck? Uh Uh-oh. And do you really have to read every overly clever letter they write you? We'd like to. Number two, how come Dan finally got a job that rewards his talents? (laughs) The decrease in melancholy sighing is unacceptable. Oh, don't worry. He won't have it long. Number three, Stuart was clearly the sex symbol, and now he's married. It's like you guys don't even care about your female fans. And number four... We call them femans. Number four, no offense to the guest hosts who are all great, but I want to hear you guys stop going out of town. Please change nothing ever again. The house cat can stay. Sincerely, yes. Oh, you mean our most Sylvia. popular member can stay? Well, Sylvia, uh, we appreciate your listening from the beginning. Uh, I worry you have a case of what I call REMitis, 
mm-hmm. where you love the band until they are popular, and then you begin to despise the band. And I would uh, dispute your characterization of us as popular. <laughs> <laughs> so that's and we're yeah, not fucking Justin I, Bieber. Yeah, how do you judge popularity? By is it on the Bieber scale? It is on the Bieber scale. In which case we rate negative a thousand and one. <laughs> we rate negative Bieber fever. We actually cure Bieber fever. Yeah. And a lot of the time when we're out of town and can't do the podcast, it's because we're being flown to places with outbreaks of Bieber fever so that we can lay our hands on people. And uh, we also cure things in addition to laying our hands on people. Yeah. <laughs> the laying the hands on, is just, that's just fondling. That's how we get paid for yeah. the cure. Yeah, that's, just, yeah. <laughs> that's just for funsies. Yeah. <laughs> for funsies, yeah. Um, yeah. No, I, I, that's just for funsies. So yeah, I guess we'll stop going out of town. We won't change. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll stay we should miserable. we should go back to the original setup so Elliot can go away. Oh no! We'll fly in original original podcast member Simon Fisher, aka mm-hmm. Stewart's nemesis. He who shall not be named except just now. <laughs> um, is it true that you defeated Simon in a mirror battle? Uh, <laughs> it was a glass battle. <laughs> glass battle <laughs> with mirrors. Did Simon. I defeat him? Uh, I think I was the one who was defeated in the end. Wow. Yeah. So you have a revenge story of your own. Yeah, I got to go kill him. It's ongoing. And take my dad's sword. Yeah. <laughs> this one is titled uh, "Werewolf Satanic Scandal." I like it already. Okay. It has a link to a salon article, uh, written by our uh, friend of the show. Uh, Rich Duncan mm-hmm. okay. of the Duncan about, Hines fortune. Uh, how his book was found at the scene of a satanic stabbing threesome. Really? And this was this was a this was a big story back at the end of November. We're a little behind. In a some of these big letters. story. I've uh, never heard of it. it and my big, job was, is to make fun of the news. It was big enough on the internet. Uh, it was broken by Gawker and then like went around the uh, the uh, but, like the president didn't comment on it. Yeah. yeah. But uh, there's a link to a salon story that Rich uh, wrote, and uh, beneath that, uh, Kristen, last name withheld, writes, Weren't these guys on your Skinwalkers episodes? Are you three part of some satanic werewolf stabbing cult? Yes. Have you been slowly <laughs> and insidiously indoctrinating your listeners with your mournful sighs and penis jokes and words that sound like each other? And if so, what else are you hiding? So, uh, what are we hiding? But she says if well, one, we're going to watch toes. next. Yeah. She does say if one bad movie fan stabs another during an argument over the merits of Big Money Rustlers versus the Brats and the Flophouse is pilloried in the press, I will totally stand up for you. Thank you. All the best. Yeah, because clearly Brats is better than Big Money Rustlers. Yeah. Anyone who, has, who argues the opposite is crazy. Probably no, but, uh, deserves to be stabbed. Wow, I don't know why. That's hold on. Let's legally not say that. Oh yeah, but we do mean it. This is true. Rich Duncan and Bob Powers' book, "The Werewolf's Guide to Life," was found at the scene of a uh, of a threesome stabbing. Now, what is a threesome stabbing? Well, these two young ladies. Is it like a daisy chain of stabbing? (laughs) These two young ladies, some sort of stab around, who have some sort of uh, disturbed. Sort of gothic fixation on uh, your whatnots. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> your Muppet whatnots. Lured in a gentleman over the internet to come uh, for some, some threesome that was, that was sex. Probably, probably difficult. And there was, a, there was some consensual cutting and stabbing involved, and then ah. it became less consensual. That's a horrifying story. Yeah. And, and so it's at not- the scene, they made a big deal about the fact that the werewolf's guide to life 
was a, a humor a book, book found at the scene without specifying that it was a humor book. A parody humor book yeah. and not a guide to stabbing men. Yeah, not actually about people who think they're werewolves and what they should do. Well, yeah, I'll... did they comment, like, was there a copy of that Calvin and Hobbes, like, homicidal jungle cat book as well? <laughs> <laughs> I do know that Rich... That had... We found a copy of Superfudge at the scene of the crime. <laughs> Rich's main complaint about this, other than being... Obviously distressed that his book was found uh, in the home he got of these a, disturbed a ton of free publicity. ladies. Is that the free publicity did not add up uh, to any more book sales? That's too bad. Or stabbings. <laughs> what? I don't think he wanted more stabbings. For the audience, just so you can know, we're not into any satanic stuff. We're satanish stuff. Uh, we are into threesomes, however. <laughs> but just among the three of us, yeah, yeah. there's a story about it. Uh, <laughs> There's a story we, that we read it, burned the story, and then scrubbed <laughs> and out our eyeballs and ear holes. And then swore never we, to talk about it again, Elliot. We put burning Q-tips on our ears, hoping to burn that knowledge out of our brain. Didn't work. Mm-hmm. If only burned it further into my brain. Yeah. But we we all worship our different gods. As we mentioned, Stuart is Cromish. Yeah. And I, of course, seek the dark, even shadow of the old strange ones. Sure. And... Uh, Dan, I think you are what Scientologist. Mm-hmm. Someday I'm going to clear both of you of all your thetans, mm-hmm. and uh, someday you're going to be a super successful Hollywood smash. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So good luck with that. <laughs> they are. Uh, they, I mean, they've been very successful at hiding my homosexuality so far. So <laughs> that was goal one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I probably shouldn't have said that on this podcast. Oh, nobody listens to this. That's, the whole purposeoid thing is just an act. It is a very good act, yeah. because believe me, you are the number one pervizoid. Thanks, guys. <laughs> That's really sweet of you to say. So uh, Even la- a hint of boob gets him drooling. <laughs> the last hint gets, of, him, and gets him chomping at the bit. It's, mm-hmm. a, it's a butternut squash soup with just a hint of boob. <laughs> Enjoy. This is on the house from our chef. <laughs> I do not like the idea that there's a little boob in my butternut soup. They just dipped it in. Okay, that's fine. I don't want to feel like I'm a cannibal. No, no. All right. But you, if you were, you would be a fine young cannibal. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so, this last one is from Stephen Last Name. More of, of a Danimal, to be honest. <laughs> Danimal. Yeah. A manimal Danimal. Danimal. And it's called Full Century Assault. And it says, Dear Flophouse... Mm-hmm. I'm a big fan of your program. Thanks. But something about your chosen medium leaves me feeling shortchanged. Hmm. Audio-only okay. podcasts are great for staying on top of current events or learning about the many household uses of apple cider vinegar. But <laughs> oh, Okay. <laughs> Is that a specific podcast? <laughs> it's a deep reference. That Cidercast. That Cidercast I don't get. Cidercast rules. <laughs> Cidercast rules. Uh, but for something like the Flophouse, I feel like I need more. After all, when L. Ron Hubbard... Mm. My, uh, you know, yeah, my your chosen your messiah. Uh, when L. Rod Hubbard published Battlefield Earth, he had the good sense to release the space jazz audio accompaniment we've all come to appreciate as an in- integral part of reading, reading that no- novel. Wait, Sorry. do you want a book that goes along with the Flophouse? Well, no, it's coming up. Okay. We have a story we could send you. So I was wondering <laughs> if the it three involves of the you, three of us. <laughs> I was wondering if the three of you have signature scents I might cue up during episodes of the Flophouse. Interesting. Similar to the short-lived Febreze Cinch Stories product. <laughs> Perhaps this guy really knows his shitty tie-ins to stories. <laughs> I am impressed, sir. Very impressed. Perhaps when Stuart talks about boobs, parting hard, or beer, I could light a candle purchased at Pier 1 Imports. Oh, yeah, we talked about that. I think they provide a lot of the sets for Conan the Barbarian. <laughs> yeah, or during, a lot of wicker cages. <laughs> during Elliot's synopses, I could spray some Lancome Magnifique. 
around the room. A perfume endo- endorsed by his longtime friend, Anne Hathaway. <laughs> or sure. you could you could just spray some Wolverine cologne, which Stuart yeah. got me once. Hey yeah, guys. I mean, it's it, as long as it smells like Popeye's chicken, you're probably right on the money. <laughs> yeah, that's true. He says any guidance would be greatly appreciated. And what smell would it be for Dan? He, he, he doesn't he omit does it strangely. Oh, he has no smell. Yeah, no. he's like a not not how does he smell? Creature, like Terrible. a void. <laughs> Wait, what? Huh? I didn't he say no he has no nose. That's <laughs> that's like that character from that movie we saw that one time. Yeah, Conan. Yeah. Wait, what? Conan the Barbarian. Oh, yeah. The character with no nose in the Conan movie. Yeah. So I think Dan's scent would be tears. Tears. Mm-hmm. What what does that smell like? Salt and salt and so it disappointment. Like the sea air, Stewart. Okay. Because on a on a gray overcast day, <laughs> or maybe it would be like farts. Wait, Wait why? <laughs> why? Does he fart a lot or is it? I'm just trying to, to liven us? him up. Come oh, okay. on. He doesn't even have Give a me smell. Some zazz. zazz him. Yeah. Something yeah. this movie kind of needed. <laughs> so uh, we did the final judgments. We talked we about talk- scent. We have the letters. <laughs> check, check. Okay. What's next, Daniel? I think the last thing and the only thing left is to recommend some movies, movies that we actually liked. We haven't done a recommendation in a while, right? Uh, it's been a little bit because okay. uh, we we've had a few things that have gone long, so we've we've cut out the least popular. Oh, and we got to we got to promote our upcoming thing. Yes, oh, even yeah. more important, we've got to promote our upcoming January twentieth screening and ninety two Y Tribeca. In the fashionable Tribeca district of New York. At New York's home for crazy and independent and crazy old movies, uh, we'll be screening 12 Rounds, starring John Cena. And Aiden Gillen. In coordination with the I Love Bad Movies zine. So it'll make uh, the podcast we recorded about the movie 12 Rounds make more sense if you go and see it. And we'll be providing running commentary throughout the film. Yeah, it'll be on January 12th. uh, 20th. Tw- sorry, 20th at 8. Nice one, Dan. January 20th. Friday, January 20th. Friday, January 20th. 20th. At 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Um, New York City, New York. City never sleeps. And there was some discussion originally of recording it, but we just we, we figured out that that would not be possible. Legally so the, and technically. The only way you can enjoy this is, is by coming to the actual event. you got to be there. January 20th. Also, 92 if, you have, Tribeca. if you are planning a letter filled with complaints, instead of writing that letter, save them in your head and then show up to the event and tell it to us right before we go on. Yeah. So we get Make really nervous really and really Throw a whammy at us, yeah. So we, yeah, just put us off our game. But uh, just ask anyone who was at our Twin Sitters screening. It was a total blast and a total hoot. Uh, this is going to be fun, just as much fun, if not more so. Uh, and it's going to be great. So I recommend you all come. Tickets are available now on the yeah. 92i Tribeca website. Buy them up, suckers. Yeah, uh, don't, don't make my mom buy all the tickets again. <laughs> Shh, we weren't going to talk oh, about that. Uh, whoops. So, Stuart, quickly. Though. Okay. 12 uh, rounds. I've seen a bunch of movies lately. Uh, I don't know if you recommended this already, but I saw James Gunn's Super. Mm-hmm. With, I enjoyed that movie. With, uh, with Rain Wilson and... Uh, Ellen Page. Ellen Page. Uh, yeah, I thought it was pretty good. Um, I'd heard kind of mixed reviews, but I thought it was fun. Um, a good, I guess, a, another original take on the idea of an average guy being a superhero. And, uh, yeah, it's funny. Kind of, kind of darkly so. Dan. Uh, my wife for Christmas gave me a book called 
Hail, Hail, Euphoria by Roy Blunt Jr. So this is a book podcast. Right? And it's about <laughs> the making of the film, Stuart. Oh, uh, okay. Duck Soup, the Marx Brothers film. Not my favorite Marx Brothers film, but certainly one of the finest Marx Brothers films. One of the two finest. And, uh, and short to boot. A trim uh, 70 minutes long. Are you recommending the movie or the book? I'm recommending... Well, I'm recommending both, but you should watch, if you've never seen the Marx Brothers movie... Duck Soup, certainly. Uh, see it. For my money, there are... Maybe, there's a lot there's of maybe nothing funnier than the, the Marx Brothers at their best. Except for his money. There's a lot of his money Oh, now. there's a lot more money now That's than there was. Not. But so, uh, I, I think that the Marx Brothers are perhaps the finest comedy team ever, and this is one of their finest <laughs> movies. So uh, <laughs> if you want to see the top of the top... Watch Duck Soup. Uh, I will quickly recommend, I don't think I've recommended this one yet on the podcast because we haven't done recommendations in a while, but just in case I have, I apologize, but I did enjoy it. Uh, a movie called The Great Northfield Minnesota Raid, uh, d- written and directed by Philip Kaufman for the early 70s, starring Robert Duvall and, um, uh, what's his name? Uncle Ben from the Spider-Man movies, Cliff Robertson, uh, as Cole Younger and Jesse James. It starts out as kind of like a rollicking 70s romp. Uh, as these two legendary outlaws are going to go rob a bank. And once they do start the robbery, everything goes horribly wrong. Uh, and there's a tone shift, but it's not a crazy tone shift. And the whole movie put together is really likable and really fun and gets really dark in the end, but never so dark that it's not fun and enjoyable. And it's this movie that I wish I had known about a long time ago because I would have watched it and enjoyed it. So, guys... We did that's, it. Our, that's our first podcast of 2012. We did it! Oh, man. How many years is this? Like a million? A million yeah. years, yeah. A million yeah. years. And pretty soon we're all going to be dead because of the mines. So The, the mines? It. The mines? Yeah, are we going to go mining? Yeah. Okay. Well, let's make sure not to do that before January 20th when our 12 rounds screening is up. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay, or I look forward to seeing... 13 rounds, uh... as Five Head Goes West would say. <laughs> Another callback. He did it, goddammit. So funny. Oh, you're a oh, master. God. You're a master of disaster. <laughs> so for, for the for the flop house, I've been Dan McCoy. I'm Stuart Wellington. And I will be Elliot Kalin January 20th at 92 Tribeca, 12 rounds. It's going to be good. Good night, everyone. Good night. See you there. <laughs> Uh, that was some, those were some nice that was some nice fan mail from people. It was. We should. I'll I'll write back to that. And by the way, that trailer one. was amazing. Yeah. For Glenn the Flying Robot. <laughs> Glenn the Flying Robot. It's like as as uh, one of our coworkers said when he walked in while we were watching it. It's like real steel, but with piano playing. <laughs> okay, everyone. Test, 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 test. Check. Chiggity check. Sibilance. Sibilance. Make Dan angry, angry Dan. <laughs> Initializing <What>? Dan frustration <laughs> mode. The Dan angry protocol. Execute program run.exe Dan mad. <laughs>